I had a listener, Justin Mullis, ask me if I would do a series on food cost. Yesterday I did the first part. We talked about quality and yields and tracking waste and employee meals. Now we're going to talk about the actual portioning. That's the nuts and bolts of it. So if you guys have a suggestion for a future podcast, by all means, send me a message and I will make it happen. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, so let's jump right into food costs and assemble a plate or assemble a sandwich. And how are we going to track what we're doing? How are we going to make sure that we make each sandwich consistently? And how are we going to make sure that we're not over portioning? So let's do the scoop and serve because that was the suggestion. Let's talk specifically about a barbecue truck. I mean, even tacos and burritos and that kind of thing are essentially scoop and serve. The meat's already been cooked. The products have already been cooked and we're using some type of portion system to create the end product, the end plate, the sandwich, the burrito, whatever. You heard me say we're using some type of portioning system and that is key. We have to use a portioning system that we can, number one, duplicate and make sure that the first taco we make every day or the first burrito or the first plate is exactly the same, not only in look, but in portion size to the last one going out at the end of the day. There are a number of products out there that help us with portioning. It's just a matter of figuring out which product and which method that we want to use. So it's something that is scoop and serve. There are a number of portion control products out there. For example, we can use just the basic ice cream scoop. And I'm not talking about the one that's just one solid piece and looks like a shovel. I'm talking about the one that has a round bowl with a lever on it that runs a little curved piece of metal through that bowl to make sure that all the food that's in the bowl is pushed out so there's no waste or no cheating on the portion size. Those particular things are actually referred to as dishers. They're not ice cream scoops, even though they're very popular for ice cream. Now, what you got to understand about those ice cream scoops, if you're getting a commercial one, is how they are sized. They run with a number assigned to them, and the number represents the number of scoops per pint. So the bigger the number, the more scoops you would get per pint or per quart of ice cream. And that's how they're measured, how they're sold. So they run from a number six disher, typically is going to have a white handle on it. That's going to be the biggest one. And that represents roughly five ounces of a product. Now, of course, the density of the product, it may weigh more or less, but it's going to be roughly five ounces of volume, which is a decent size for a barbecue sandwich, a barbecue plate, certainly. And then they go all the way up to a number 40, which typically has a purple handle. And that's little teeny tiny. It's roughly about three quarters of an ounce. You got all different measurements in between. You don't need to be too concerned about does it really give me a five eighths cup of portion. That's what the number six does, five eighths of a cup. But what you want to look at is, is that 
the correct amount of meat you want to put on that plate. And if it is, what you want to do is use that scoop and then weigh it to see what the actual weight is. Don't assume that it's five ounces because volume and weight are two different things. These dishers measure volume. So you're going to weigh it and see what it actually weighs so that you can translate that into your recipe and then be consistent. But that's only one part of it. What you also got to consider is, am I going to make that a level scoop, a compressed scoop? Am I going to put liquid into it? What? Because all of those things change the end result. Because if you're compressing it, and what I mean by that is you're getting a heaping scoop and then pushing it against the side of the pan to push everything into the little bowl, which makes you think, okay, that's five ounces, which it, again, it may not be because you, you want to weigh it. But if you're pushing or forcing that meat in there, you're over portioning to an extent. And then when you scoop it out, the meat's all compressed and really tight. And it may make a, a great presentation, but is that the presentation you want? Or you can just scoop into the food and then kind of shake it side to side to get all the heaping parts to fall away so it becomes a level scoop. You can certainly do it that way as well. And you want to get practiced at it so you know what visually it looks like every time. And then allow the scoop to do the work and give you a very similar volume product after product after product. But again, you got to know what that weighs. How much does it weigh? Especially when you're dealing with meats and even vegetables. You want to convert it into something that you can measure consistently. And then that falls back to what we were talking about yesterday about the yields. When you go to the end of the day and you've been scooping and scooping and scooping, you want to double check yourself. So let's just say you started out with, with 100 pounds of meat products and it cooked down, you expect it to cook down to about 85%. So that leaves you 85 pounds of usable meat. And you go through your sales reports and do the math on the number of sandwiches, the number of plates, convert it out by your recipes, and it says you should have sold, let's say, 80 pounds of product. So you're excited because 80 pounds of product is an awesome amount to sell. And you go compare what you have left over to what you actually used. Now, if you've been following along, if you expected to use 85 pounds, because that's what you cooked, and the sales report says you only sold 80 pounds, that means you should have 5 pounds left over. So when you go and check what's left over, if you don't have five pounds, that means you've either over-portioned or under-portioned. If you have, let's say, seven pounds left over and you should have used 80, that means you actually only used 78. That means you cheated people out of two pounds worth of meat. You under-portioned a whole bunch of sandwiches and plates. On the other side of that, if you have, let's say, three pounds left over, that means you should have used 80, but you in actuality used 82 pounds. You cheated yourself. You over-portioned. You didn't follow your recipes. So now you know you've got a portioning problem and you need to figure out what's going on there. Using the scoops will help, but the scoops aren't always perfect. For example, the more moisture laden your meat product is or the, the product that you're using the scoop for, the more moisture, the farther off you can be on the end result or the end weight. And there are other better portioning methods you could use. For example, if you're selling let's say corn, and you're keeping the corn uh, moist, you know, keeping in its liquid, its cooking liquid. But when you go to serve it, you want to drain off a lot of that liquid so it's not a plate full of corn juice running into all the other products. You can use what's known as a spoodle. And what that is, it's a spoon, but it has high sides, so it creates like a bowl. 
but at the bottom of the bowl it has a hole that's drilled into it to allow the liquid to drain off. So you would take that spoodle, stick it into the corn, and then shake it so that it knocks off the heaping part of the corn. So now it's just a level scoop. And while you're shaking it, the liquid is draining out the bottom. So then you can feel fairly confident when you take that spoon and put it onto the plate that there won't be a lot of extra liquid running all over the plate. That's one method that you can do with those type of products. You can also use a spoodle for meats. We used to use one when we sold Philly cheesesteaks because we would cook up a case at a time and then sell it pretty quickly. And we would use that big spoodle. We had a six ounce spoodle to measure out the Philly before we would put it back on the grill to add the vegetables and stuff. So you just want to think about what is going to be a consistent way to measure whatever you're going to be serving, whether it be the you know mac and cheese where you can just, because that's dense. There's not much liquid. So you can certainly use an ice cream scoop scoop that out, put it on the plate, you're good to go. Something like barbecue that has barbecue sauce on it, so it's a very moist product. You may want to make it a little bit heaping and then press it against the side to make sure all the good flavors get in there before you put it on there. But again, you want to make sure that whatever the method is that you use, you've measured it out so it makes sense to your recipe and to the cost that you are expecting to incur from that plate. So when you sat down and started your business at the kitchen table, if your menu price for a barbecue sandwich or a barbecue plate rather, let's say you wanted it to be $18 and you're expecting to make, let's say $12 off of that. So that's going to give you a 33% food cost. Some barbecue plates have to have a higher food cost because people just won't pay that much to get you down to that 25% level. And that's okay. Because remember when you sell something that has a high food cost, first thing out of your mouth should be, hey, would you like a drink with that? Which helps to lower the food cost for the ticket. And would you like a dessert with that? Which again, should help to lower the food costs on that particular ticket. So if you're selling that, again, that plate at $18 costs you $6, so I'd say 33% food cost. You want to make sure that the portion that you sat down at that kitchen table and cost it out is really and truly $6. How much meat are you putting on there based on the yields, based on your scoops, based on the actual scooping and testing it and weighing it? Is it actually weighs six ounces like you think you're putting on there? Because remember, there is a difference in a weight ounce to a volume ounce. Not everything weighs the same as its volume. Along with portioning, and not just the scoop and serve, but any kind of portioning, have some type of measurement device. Like if you're doing cheese on nachos, it's much easier to have a pump that's calibrated to put out one ounce or two ounces and they make little rings to put on those pumps so you can control it down to the quarter of an ounce. You get one of those and use it. So then you can scoop the barbecue, and if you're going to put cheese over it, one pump of cheese. And as long as you know that that is supposed to represent a half an ounce or three quarters of an ounce, and you have the right measurement device, you can make it look awesome. Same thing goes for any kind of sauces you're going to apply. Let's say that you do pulled pork, and then you're going to apply whatever flavor of barbecue sauce that they want after you've got the scoop already set on the plate. You want to make sure that the amount that you wrote for the recipe to go on that makes sense, and you can actually produce it over and over and over. What you want to do with a sauce, for instance, would be to create some type of pattern that you can duplicate. It could be the zigzag pattern. It could be, you know, circles. But you want to make sure that it's something that you can teach somebody. So if you're doing a zigzag pattern, you can say, I want to see seven lines in the zigzag pattern. And they should be as wide as the meat is. 
So now you've got a standard that most likely is going to put out the same amount of barbecue sauce time after time after time if someone is paying attention. Typically what you see when people start to do zigzags is they get closer together. So that means there's going to be more zigzags on the product, which means they're using more sauce, costing themselves more money. So set, set the standard, teach, make sure that it's a teachable standard so that you can help someone to understand how you want things done. Then also you're teaching yourself. For instance, when we do burgers, we would put three circles of ketchup. And it's not really circles, it's a spiral. But if you were to count the smaller and smaller spirals on the edge, there would be three edges to those spirals. We do mustard in two, so it's two spirals. Because what that does is it creates a ratio between the mustard and ketchup. And as long as we know where it starts on the bun to create those circles, and we do it consistently, and where it ends, it should end in the center... It only takes a little bit of practice before you're putting on the pretty much the same amount of ketchup time after time after time. Same thing applies for, you know, scoop and serve. It'll seem awkward at first. You can be a little bit slow, but then you'll eventually get so fast that you'll be doing it within a partial ounce every single time when you're doing the meats. And you don't get too worried about it because if you're doing a yield and you, your goal is to have an 85% yield, for example, and you hit 84.9, you're going to be pretty darn happy. But if you're hitting 80 when you expect 85, now you got to figure out where's the problem, where am I losing? So that's how you would do a scoop and serve, and this will work for any product. Again, just think about the amount of liquid in it. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.